steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! the unbelievable podcast i am bj Rydell, back here with my guy drew maholt and today we are concluding our nfl draft coverage with a mock draft now drew and i neither of us have done a mock draft to date so this is our unaf- like this is our very first mock draft of the season it will also be our only mock draft of the season because neither of us is going to be here uh, next week for a show due to bachelor parties which should be fun um so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get everything out of the way um, right now with this episode here. Uh, if you're watching the show uh, on YouTube, for example, you'll have the opportunity to watch us uh, kind of go through these picks here on Pro Football Focus's Mock Draft Simulator. If you're listening, we will try to be as descriptive as possible, list out the options that are available, and the two of us will break down um, our ideas and what we think what make, may make the most sense uh, uh, for the Vikings here. So that's the game plan for today. Um, like I said before, if you're watching right now, you'll see that we have the simulator pulled up. Uh, Drew, why don't you break down the settings that we have here for our lovely audience? Yeah, yeah. So um, we did this last year, I think a few times, um, where you can kind of toggle things a little bit here, um, kind of make it just a little bit different. So we can kind of go through these. I mean, just for the sake of, um, you know, making this not take the entire time. We can kind of keep it on the fast side. Um, I do want to give us the opportunity to, if you want to offer a trade or what have you, um, you know, have that ability to stop. So um, positional value, right? So we've talked about that very, very often on this show. Um, You know, we have certain positions. I know that we kind of feel are more valuable. and kind of, I think this metric here, basically it'll, um, you know, the, t- the teams in the draft will select their players based more on positional value, according to PFFs, kind of what they think is the, are the positions most valuable. Um, and so I think we can maybe have that kind of a little bit more than average. Yep. Um, that's fine. Now randomness. I mean, that kind of but, ex- explains itself. I mean, for the sake of this show, uh, we've already introduced ourselves as two people who are not to be considered draft experts or yeah. guys that we're going to be, you know, uh, giving you value in a way that, you know, Jordan Reed or Daniel Jeremiah or any of those guys will. So for the sake of entertainment, I think we max out. All right. And have Works a for me. With this year. Works for me. <laughs> All right. And then draft for needs. Um, I think we can kind of leave that in the middle just because. Yep. We don't want to give ourselves too great of an advantage. Right. And I think, well, I think there's teams that, you know, that the differing strategies, I think, balance each other out in the NFL. A lot of teams focus up very hard on need and some strictly go for BPA throughout the entire draft. So I think we can kind of leave that there. Public versus PFF board. Now, I think just for the sake of getting everybody's, you know, the, kind of the consensus boards and stuff, right? Um, we can right. kind of factor everybody's boards in, keep it maybe shade towards public here. Uh, while I also kind of still including PFS metrics as well, because ultimately they're, we're going to hopefully get a grade on this and see how we do here um, in this draft. But um, we will, you know, potentially seek out trade opportunities. Um, you know, I know, I think me and BJ both believe that if one of those, you know, we have a certain few prospects at that we want to see there at 14. And if they're not, you know, we would like to, to trade down and potentially get a second rounder out of the deal there. So that's right. certainly, I think, part of our own strategy. And it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see the Vikings also, uh, you know, employ that strategy when the time comes. But other than that, I think we're, we're kind of set to, to do this thing here. It's our, uh, our, our, our one official mock draft here on the unbelievable podcast. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to, we're going to do this and there's going to be names that we look at on here that BJ and I do not exactly know the, the backgrounds of these players, but right. We're going to see how this goes. Uh, this this should be fun. Uh, the one thing that I suppose we should discuss before you actually hit that send button, uh, because we are moving at a high rate of speed, uh, do we want to consider moving up from 14? Or are we standing pat at 14 to begin this draft? I 
That's a good point. Um, should we want to? I think now we should be able to slow it or speed it up during the draft. Maybe start with it a little slower, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of as we go, we can. You know, that's for example, if you know Trey Lance or Fields or somebody is there at eight or or twelve or something, we can maybe see if we can if we, the Vikings can move up. Um, so uh, let's start with there, and then kind of as we go after that. Really, that's the big pieces that I would trade up for. I think is just right. if there's a quarterback that falls. So we'll start with that, and then we'll we'll uh, go from there. Cool. All right, fire it up. Here we go. All right, we're entering the draft. All right. So I I personally don't want to trade <laughs> for the first pick for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna start things off here. Let's do it, Lawrence. I think the, the top three quarterbacks are already gone. Devontae Smith is gone. Hay is gone. Zach Wilson's gone. I saw Jamar Chase is also gone Patrick as well. Sertan. Elijah Vera Tucker off the board. Okay. Ooh, we got, we got some interesting, interesting names here. This is interesting. So, interesting. Lance went two. Okay. 14. Okay. I, the Vikings have some names here to choose from. Uh, we've also got, it looks like a couple of trade offers here, potentially. Um, Ooh, Arizona's like interested. Arizona's, offer. Arizona's selecting at number 16. Um, they're also willing to package in, does it say? So hold on a second. I got to see how this works. <laughs> so why did it say two? I got to figure out what this all means. Okay. So I think basically this is a suggestion that Arizona is interested. Also, mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams are interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so we could move down two spots to Arizona at 16, potentially pick up a pick there, and then right. maybe reassess because I'm looking at this board. There are at least four players on the board here. There are that... a lot of names that I would like even at 14. I mean, Pitts falling is probably not going to happen. Um in the real draft. And you could say the same, maybe for Waddle. Um, also, Rashawn Slater has been a favorite among Vikings fans. Absolutely. Um, so there's a few names there that, you know, one of them will be available at 16. So a <clears throat> couple things here. First and foremost, as much as I think Kyle Pitts has to be the pick here, because we're kind of making a draft pick that's supposed to make some logical sense. I don't think we take Kyle Pitts just because I don't, he's not going to be there. So, mm-hmm. uh, Let's just eliminate him from what we got here. The main picks are Jalen Wa- Jalen Waddle and Rashawn Slater. Uh, are those kind of those two big names? Mm-hmm. An interesting toss in there is Mac Jones at quarterback ended up not going in the top five. Um, so what makes Waddle interesting is that we discussed in the last show that you know you've got three premier wide receiver prospects in Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, and then Jalen Waddle. One of those three was probably going to be there at fourteen. Uh, so. Uh, he is in this circumstance. He is here um, for the taking. Uh, I like Rashawn Slater here as well, uh, especially if the Vikings are kind of secretly wanting to draft a tackle as opposed to a guard uh, with the kind of the future of Ezra Cleveland yeah. in mind, of course. Um, so I like that pick as well. Uh, I, I, I believe I saw JC Horn is on the board here as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is a nice kind of fallback, assuming that, um, you know, if the Vikings, if we decide that we want to move, move back a few and a couple guys get taken, uh, I saw Rashad Bateman's here as well. I know, you know, especially being in Minnesota, everyone loves Rashad Bateman. And I think it's hard to, you know, bet against his potential with the kind of player that we saw, uh, playing for the Gophers. Uh, so there's there's a lot of options here, and generally speaking, when we have that analysis, right? Like we 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 go through here and we like three or four players. Um, in theory, you want to move down, um, and I think it's also very feasible that the Vikings will move down, uh, given Rick Spielman's history of uh, trying to recoup picks, uh, mm-hmm. especially because he's lost a second round pick this year. And in this situation here, with Arizona being um, one of the top teams interested as a uh, with what they have listed here. Uh, the Vikings could get that second round pick back. So I think the first move here is because both of us have identified that there are multiple players here is we tried to get 16 and 49 from Arizona for okay. our 14th pick. We see what they think about that. And from there, yeah. we move. all right, let's, let's see what we can do here. Looks like that was rejected off the first try here. So we can try. 
take that out. Maybe so 160. That's pretty far back in the draft mm-hmm. now to to do that. So I'm not sure I actually love that at this point, um, unless we, you know, because yet it, it is two spots, which is not seemingly not that significant. But in the first round, that does matter a lot. So what if we but, tried adding a late round pick to our uh, to our offer 14? Um, for 16 and 49. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we add a, let's like say a, 125. Okay. I don't Try hate that. that as much. All right. All right. So we're I like that idea. Good job, BJ. Good. GM of Hold. the year. All right. So we're going to resume the draft here and we're back up in two picks. Mac Jones went to new England. Interesting. Okay. So we're at back at 16. Um, it looks like the Rams are interested again to trade up. Now their ammo is very Limited. depleted Limited. because they don't have a first round pick for like ever. So maybe they should think about their trading away their draft picks before they want to trade back up. Um, so 16 looks like where we have the Vikings drafting unless we do want to, you know, engage in this type of negotiation with the Rams, but we can't even get anything in the first round out of this. Our, you know, right. first pick would be, I think we pick, I think we make a pick here. Um, we yeah. recoup value. So based on the last show, kind of what the, you know, what we have said we would like to accomplish. I think we already have, um, you get that second round mm-hmm. pick back. Uh, you move down two slots without sacrificing, uh, much, if not any value. Um, the two guys that were selected was it Mac Jones. And I believe a defensive lineman, um, mm-hmm. was, was selected there. So we actually didn't lose any of the guys. Um, that we identified as you know potential candidates here. So really what this comes down to now is do you want to go with what we've been saying and get another wide receiver to put, pair alongside Justin Jefferson with Jalen Waddell? Or do you want to fortify that offensive line, uh, essentially saying that Ezra Cleveland is going to be a guard moving forward? Yeah. And tabbing Rashawn Slater mm-hmm. um, as your guy to play opposite Brian O'Neill, whether that's on the left side or the right side, uh, I suppose that remains to be seen. So, and I, I've been on this, I've been, you know, pounding this table for a while. Uh, I I think getting more weapons um, is always a good thing for an offense. You look around the league and all the top offenses, right? Uh, they are supported by, um, you know, a, a trio or a, a, an exceptional duo of wide receivers. Um, and I, I don't think it's a, quite the same trend as with offensive lines. Now, Obviously, Kirk is his own animal, right? Where he's not extremely mobile, where someone like Russ Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or someone else in that elite category is a little more mobile. So they can kind of survive a little bit better with the weaker pass protection. But mm-hmm. I I lean towards Waddle here. I do too. Uh, with the pick. I'm with you. Um, because first of all, I think there's a very good argument that he's the best wide receiver in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Jamar Chase has the numbers, um, or excuse me, I should say that Devontae Smith has the volume numbers, and Jamar Chase has the, kind of the combine uh, explosion, if you will. Uh, but Jalen Waddle is made, is just as good, if not better, than the other two guys. I think you're getting value here. You're adding a position, not necessarily of need, but of future need for sure, with uh, you know Adam Thielen being on the you know the wrong side of 30 at this point in his career. Um, and you're adding an explosive playmaker to an offense that was already very good. Um, this could potentially take you to the next level um, in theory. Uh, the other options here, I mean, what are you sacrificing by not drafting Rashawn Slater? You're essentially saying we're going to kick that can down the line here uh, for the offensive line. Uh, you're sacrificing Micah Parsons as well, who I know a lot of analysts has identified it as a good player for what the Vikings like to do. That being said, he's also a linebacker, and you have to feel comfortable with what you have in Kendricks and Barr at this point in time. I think it would be, you know, not the great use, greatest use of resources here to take Parsons with Waddle and Slater on the board. Is there anyone else here? I saw JC Horn. Um, I like him as a player. I don't know if I like him at 16. Um, is there anyone else here that jumps out to you as a guy that the Vikings might be missing out on here, assuming we make the selection of drafting Jalen Waddle? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's several guys down here a little bit more that you look at and you kind of, I mean, nostalgia's sake, right? Rashad Bateman's there. Um, and then you know, I know the Vikings, they've kind of addressed the interior defensive line deal uh, by getting two nose tackles. And so, you know, I guess that's obviously a position that needs to be bolstered and Christian Barmore being there. You know, I, I don't know how quite that, that maybe that fit would, would work out, but certainly something to, to note that he won't be there. And then I do think, you know, the tackle class is, is pretty deep. Wide receiver obviously is pretty deep. So we're kind of, you know, banking on Waddle being elite of the elite here. 
in that receiver class. And then I'm kind of hoping that, you know, come, come around the other side here and tackle or edge will leave us with an option there. Um, and with that newly gained second round pick. Right. Right. All right. So let's lock in Waddle. I'm with you. I think that okay. that is the best use of resources here. As you can see on the board, um, his ADP is at 12.1, according to pro football focus, his rank is number eight. The Vikings, of course, getting a great value there at 16. Yeah. Also adding an explosive playmaker to the mix for Kirk Cousins. I like that. Yeah. Thing. Lock it in. Sweet. We're doing it. Also, Kyle Pitts falling this far just seems extremely, right. extremely it's, just, it's, it's unrealistic. But, I don't. I mean, with receivers, it happens every year where a guy in the top two or three of the class seems to fall farther than, than we would assume. Kyle Pitts ends up going 26 to Cleveland. It looked like here. I don't foresee that happening in real life, but that would be very interesting given what they've had, yeah. the kind of the culture that they've cultivated there. Uh, we're moving through the thirties here. Uh, I don't think either one of us is intending on trading up. We're just kind of happy to be here at this point in the second <laughs> round. <laughs> Interesting that Kellen Mond, it looked like went to the Niners. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the mod the thing also had them taking quarterback up to, yeah, they went fields and Mond, <laughs> the Niners did. So interesting there uh, for this, uh, this mock draft, but all right. Okay. <laughs> so this is interesting. <laughs> what's happening here. Um, we're for, we're in the, the 49th overall pick and uh, we've got Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater still on the board. Um, I, it's almost like I want to start over because it's like, it's not a, this is our official mock draft and we're going to get some of these guys early. Uh, yeah. I mean, so we're going to uh, run with it. Let's, let's scroll, let's scroll, scroll up a little bit here on the, on the, the draft board to see how this has developed into a very favorable hand for the Vikings here in the second <laughs> round. Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, of course, slides. That was, uh, that was kind of a weird thing that may have set off uh, yeah. some of the ridiculousness of that is this mock draft. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have it. I don't have an explanation here as to what went down, but ultimately so what you're looking well, I guess some of you aren't even looking at this. I should probably explain what's happening. We've got Micah Parsons still on the board. We got Rashawn Slater still on the board. Yeah. Christian Barmore on the board. You've also got JC Horn on the board and we are pick number 49. <laughs> So the way that this board has fallen um, <laughs> seems maybe so, a little bit unrealistic. But I think uh, we maybe we turned the random randomness up a little bit too high <laughs> before we started this, but it's all right. We're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it because Good. you know what you've people that are listening to this probably have also been going other places for their draft insights. Um, so here's okay. the other thing too, is that the value of this isn't necessarily in um you know, where the guy is picked, but more the fit, right? Yeah. Um, if the Vikings have the opportunity to get any of these guys, I think that, you know, you're doing a great job, uh, especially in the second round. Uh, I went through, I went over Parsons already. Very strong line, linebacker, fundamentally sound, perfect size and fit, uh, does everything that you're expected to do kind of within the Vikings scheme in the 4-3 defense. He'd be a great fit here. And honestly, he's great value as well. Uh, Rashawn Slater is a guy that when Drew and I were doing a mock draft kind of just to like right before here, uh, we were doing a mock draft to try to, to just kind of see what the system was going to look like before we started the show. <laughs> and Slater was gone in the top 10. He wasn't even an option. Um, you know, I, again, there's some randomness here, uh, but I think we, that you're definitely going to crank that better. up. <laughs> yeah. We cranked up the randomness maybe a little too much. Um, Slater's also a great value, also a great fit for the Vikings. But again, to go back to what I was saying before, if you take Slater here, you're essentially saying that Ezra Cleveland is your guard of the future. Uh, but you are fortifying your offensive line. You're fitting. You're kind of filling that need, shutting a lot of people up, and you can kind of move forward with uh, best player available once again yeah. is into the later rounds of this draft. The other name that's important to me would be J.C. Horn, just because of what happened with uh, the Vikings cornerback situation. Uh, you know, I know that. I know that there's no confirmation that Jeff Gladney won't be with the Vikings next year, but it kind of seems like that we might be heading in yeah. that general direction. Uh, so cornerback kind of opens up. It's a bit more of a need than it did just two weeks ago. Uh, so I think that you have to entertain the idea of JC Horn here as well. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I got to go Slater with what we're given with uh, or we're given here. Uh, you know, I think the Vikings too also value or try to value tackle a little bit more than into your offensive line, which is a good thing. Um, 
It's also and, the slot where they normally take tackles too. Right. The, this, they're, they love taking tackles. No, not quite at the top of the draft, but kind of sneaking it in as sort of the uh, the next pick in their in their draft. So I'm going to go. I like Slater here uh, with this bizarre scenario that we're presented with. <laughs> I like it. Let's roll with it. Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. You are the Vikings second round pick at number 49 overall. So now the Vikings are not selecting until number 78. So we got a little bit of time to go here, but we do have another selection at number 90. Remember, of course, the Vikings have two picks in the third round. So um, I'm not and really interested in moving up. I think that, that we've done a good job here establishing what we what we wanted here. Uh, you fortified the offensive line. You also got an explosive playmaker on offense. I think realistically speaking, uh, if this was a you know real life scenario where Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are talking to each other in the uh, the war room, trying to just figure out what they should do next here at the coming 79th overall pick, or excuse me, 78th overall pick, uh, it's going to be a defensive player almost for certain. Yeah. Um, so there's no I mean, way. There's no way Mike Zimmer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're we're uh, we're here at the 78th pick. Um, Micah Parsons is still there. Um, has not been drafted. Neither has Christian Barmore. Uh, neither has Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, coming down this list here. I mean, so I guess this is, so this scenario here is hypothetical in that Marcus Parsons had gotten trouble at some, in some kind here. That is why he's falling down the board. We're just going to say that. I mean, I'm not obviously insinuating that in real life, Micah Parsons will get in <laughs> trouble, uh, but that is the scenario in which we are presented with in this mock draft here. Um, You've said defense is probably going to go or be the the play here, right? Given right. wide receiver and tackle so far, um, I, what do you what do you? I mean, what are you thinking here? I, I don't even know where to start given the the issue. I'm just going to filter this by. We'll go to edge first, um, and then we'll just see what's there, and then we can kind of go through the positions that. You know, you're, we're thinking for the Vikings here. So there's Cameron Sample is going to be here on the board. I like him out of Tulane. Um, mm-hmm. He's also a guy that was identified by our team at climbing the pocket as a good mid-round fit for the Vikings. Uh, as far as other names on this list, you know, of I, I like other names here, but I still I, I'm more interested in what you could potentially do at cornerback here than edge. I okay. Think. So we can go to corner. I mean, I talked about Asante Samuel Jr. is on the board. We have a couple other names here. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, oh, hold on. I have Edge and CB on there. I'm going to take off Edge. That would make it a little easier to read here. Okay. Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky is kind of the next one. So really it was sort of, you know, the big, I guess, based on ADP, right? There's a big gap between Asante Samuel Jr. and Kelvin Joseph here um, in terms of cornerbacks on the board here. So I think, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. is – the best prospect available at corner um, again at 78, who knows, probably not available for the Vikings, but uh, how do you, you know, what, what's your strategy here, BJ? So when you think, I, I think that we have to ask a couple questions here with, with Asante Samuel jr. Specifically, because, you know, there is reason to believe that he is of course going to be a great cornerback at the NFL level, but does he fit what the Vikings are want to do specifically? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit undersized. I think that like knowing Mike Zimmer, I'm not saying he can't play on the outside, but I think that Mike Zimmer might be inclined to play a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. at slot. Uh, he stands at 5'10", 184. I think there's obvious question marks there if he could play boundary corner at the next level. I believe he can. I think he's great value either way here. Uh, I don't think that he would be there at 78. And another thing to keep in mind, of course, is the Vikings are drafting again in 12 picks. Uh, So if you take Asante Samuel here, I think he's the best value given the options available to you on this cornerback board. Uh, You could probably get a solid edge prospect just 12 picks later uh, based off of some of the names that we saw still Mm -hmm. appearing um, on that list. All right. Yeah. I mean, I got no problem with taking Asante Samuel here and he clearly based on those looking at this list uh, on YouTube, but also for the listeners, you know, you have some Asante Samuel Jr. Then Kelvin Joseph, Tag Gowan, um, you know, you got Trey Brown, you have, I mean, there's a pretty steep drop off based on the prospects remaining at corner besides him. And if you want to get a corner, which I think the Vikings probably should in this draft um, and address that need, given again, like what you said, what happened with Gladney. I think Samuel Jr. is is one of those guys, you know, he he'll, you know, man corner Uh, Vikings like to play that press man. Although we've talked about how they were sort of forced to kind of go away from that a little bit last year, just because of all the injuries. But I think Zimmer does want to get back to that press man uh, type of defense and Samuel Jr. can do that. 
obviously inside or excuse me, outside at, at Florida state, you'd imagine he can also go inside a little bit as well. I like it. Um, given that That's the Vikings okay. are going to be at 78. So we'll do that. Perfect. So now, now we have selected in order a wide receiver, an explosive wide receiver at that, um, a, a top 10 value tackle, uh, at a pick that we weren't supposed to have in the first place. Um, and now Asante, Asante Samuel Jr., we add to the mix here uh, to fill out that cornerback rotation. Um, as far as what we still need to accomplish, um, I think you need to get an edge at some point. I think we're mm-hmm. in that mode now on that mid-third round. We've seen the Vikings do, do this plenty of times before with, of course, Daniela Hunter, but then there's the lesser-known guys or the less successful guys like Scott Crichton. Uh, they've all been selected in the third round. So we know for – you know, based off historical precedent, what the Vikings like to do here, it's kind of a matter of what do you think fits the Vikings best in this situation. Um, according mm-hmm. to Pro Football Focus, based on what's available here, uh, they have, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name, but Aziz Ojulari is going to be a top-rated prospect uh, relative to what PS- PFF is saying. You've also got Ronnie Perkins. Uh, and then Cameron Sample, who I mentioned before, he's still on the board as well. Patrick Johnson as well, uh, playing opposite him at Tulane. Um, two Tulane prospects is hilarious, by the way. And uh, that about rounds out what we've got here available for the Vikings mm-hmm. at the edge spot. Um, are you inclined to go one way or the other here? So I think the, you know, I think we're doing this realistically. And I think there's maybe something we should we should make note that this is this draft is very random and has certainly guys have fallen that probably won't. Um, I I've seen a lot of love and I've I, I like the, sch- the scheme fit quite a bit too for Cameron Sample. Um, you know, as a as a fit for the Vikings, I think he could seamlessly kind of move right in as a rotational guy, and then from there you're so you have your you have Daniel Hunter. You know, you have you have Wanham, um, you have Weatherly back, so you kind of are sort of banking on the combination of sample weatherly Wanham to sort of, you know, be that opposite threat of Hunter. Um, and so I think realistically sample is the kind of the guy that is most likely in this slot at 90. Uh, now, wh- I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe these, these other prospects that are certainly ranked ahead of him. Uh, obviously if you know you got the choice, I think you're going to maybe go with one of these other top guys, but. So, I, I'm I'm inclined to go with sample here as well because I think like yes I I agree that Aziz Aziz Ojulari is probably the best prospect available here I don't think he's going to be here so for sake of you know realness I suppose I'd probably just eliminate him he's not going to be there at ninety um, and if he is I, I don't know I still don't know if I would take him over sample and here's why um, I really like the flexibility and the versatility that sample sample is going to give you uh, playing along the Vikings defensive line uh, he is a he fits perfectly as a 4-3 defensive end, uh, but you could also kick him inside as well and um, have him play a little bit more of a three technique or potentially kind of sliding in and, you know, uh, rushing the passer from the interior as opposed to sticking him full time at that five or seven spot. Um, I like what he offers, especially given what the Vikings already have. You know, you mentioned DJ Wanham um, and a couple of other guys the Vikings are, you know, theoretically still developing or considering for that starting spot opposite Daniel Hunter. Um, I think Sample offers, you know, he offers you the ability to be flexible uh, with your defensive line, move those snaps around. Um, You could theoretically have Wanham and Sample on the field at the same time here uh, while also giving one of your hulking new defensive nose tackles um, a little bit of a rest and go to Mm -hmm. more of kind of a smaller front, uh, if you will, depending on the situation. So I think Sample's a good fit here because I think that he makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I'm thinking on third down, for example. On third down, you're not going to have both Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce in the field probably, most likely. Right. I like the idea idea of being able to slide sample inside and give you more pass rush, but also still a big guy and a guy that's used to pass rushing from the exterior. He's going to give you that athleticism that you wouldn't typically get from your conventional three technique. Um, and then you can have, you know, DJ Wanham, for example, be, be your um, your fourth pass pass rusher along your defensive line there in your four three scheme, thinking of base defense on third down. Um, or you could do this, the same thing with nickel as well. Uh, yeah. Point being here is I like the flexibility that Sample offers. I think he makes a lot of sense here as well. I think he's still good value despite what the board is showing. Uh, his ADP is at 90.4 according to this right here. Uh, I like it. I think that he's a good fit, and I think that he's good value at 90, so that would be my selection. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's just roll with that. And then um, well, I think, you know, as I make the selection, I'm also going to note that I – 
I mean, so given the way the board has fallen for us, we sort of had to take the talent that did fall. Um, and right. I think this happens in every NFL draft where a guy just falls and the team ignores everything that they need to accomplish, like at a, at a position, for example, and they got to get this guy. Um, but given how this has played out for us, um, if, if this were to happen for the Vikings, I would be very concerned about the edge position um, just because, you know, for the longest time, right. The Vikings have had two pretty darn good pass rushing defense events. Um, 2020 was sort of the exception to that with the Hunter injury, Griffin leaving and, and things just didn't work out. And we saw how that impacted the Vikings defense. So I would be concerned you know, if the Vikings didn't address edge until the third round or, you know, fourth round, whatever the case may be uh, in the real draft. Now, I think if the reward for that, you know, if the sort of the the risk is, you know, maybe your edge position doesn't improve much over the offseason, but the reward is that you get Jalen Waddle out of the deal. Um, You know, Rashawn Slater falls and you grab him, you know, that's what, that's what happened for us. But um, you know, it, it has to be a superstar talent to fall to you to make it worth not addressing edge to me. Um, which is why we've talked about, you know, Smith or Waddle or Chase as the receivers that would fit that mold, but also a quarterback as well. Other than that, I think edge needs to be a priority for the Vikings and not addressing it in the first two, three rounds, you know, as a position of value, you know, I think the Vikings are going to have to do that, but we're here, by the way, Micah Parsons just went (laughs) 118th overall in this draft. Uh, to he, the he got caught doing something so. about a week before the draft. That's a <laughs> yeah. good way to explain yeah. that one out. Yep, that's what we're going to go with here. Um, so we're, we're now at 119 overall. Christian Barmore still on the board. Um, also, some, some big name. Rondale Moore is on the board. You've also got Tevin Jenkins as well, the tackle Tevin from Jenkins. State. Uh, he yeah. can easily go in the first six. 35 40 picks as well yeah. uh so yeah once again we have a situation where it seems that there's been some guys who have fallen through the cracks that i don't think we really expect to fall through the cracks uh barmore's the obvious pick here i think uh <laughs> i'm just gonna ignore that he's even there because i he should have gone already um the randomness of this draft is fun, but uh, for the sake of reality, uh, let's ignore that he's actually there because mm-hmm. he's he's not he's just not going to be there. It's just not. Gonna what are we looking at position wise here? Um, I know, you know the um, PFF's needs on there. As you can see, it says tackle, guard, edge, safety. Um, we have addressed tackle. We have addressed edge. Um, we have not what? addressed cor- we have not addressed guard or safety to date. Right, and we also have not taken or looked at quarterbacks um, either, which is something that I know. I think both of us wanted to do elite. Now, obviously, if one of those names fell to us, those top names, that was some that was a different scenario. But getting a mid round quarterback and not having Sean Mannion type as the backup is something we both also want to prioritize. So, what are we thinking here at 119? And we do have picks at 134, 143, 157 coming up as well. So, let's take a look at quarterback just to see what we have available to us here. I I don't think that yeah, I don't see Sam Illinger from Texas is really the the only guy that I would consider at the quarterback spot. Not a Davis Mills fan? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, I also don't like Ian Book either from Notre Dame. Those are those are the guys that we have available. I'm gonna say we pass on quarterback, and I guess that's gonna be one of those positions that escapes my wrath this year. Uh, I just don't think that there's anyone that's worthy of a pick mm-hmm. um, at that at that spot. So I would okay. lean, um, kind of based on the philosophy that we have discussed. Uh, I think that this is a good good spot for us to look at interior offensive line. Uh, we know that it's not just the starter that the Vikings need um, in their front five. We also know that there needs to be some depth there as well. Uh, for example, Drew Samia, probably not going to be in the NFL next year. Not a good player at all. So you need to fill some of these spots with names, not even necessarily, you know, guys that are like for sure hits, but just guys that are going to give you greater success than Drew Samia because he just mm-hmm. not going to cut it. So, Options that we have available here are Kendrick Green from Illinois, uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee, Ben Cleveland from Georgia, Aaron Banks from Notre Dame, and then Deontay Brown from Alabama. I think all five of those guys would work. I think there are better fits than others here. Um, So I know that Miles Gorm, for example, would not be happy with us selecting Ben Cleveland here, although I do think that he 
I kind of like that selection. Um, is there one way, is there one guy that you, you're, you're banging the table for here? Or are you not seeing anything that you like at all? Or would you like to move on to a different position? We'll see. And this is uh, just me being, you know, it's, it's when it comes to drafting interior offensive linemen, I think it's kind of just, I, I don't, you know, it, it's either solid or it's not catastrophic to me uh, for his, you know, we talked about, you mentioned Drew Samia. obviously the performance was not great, but there's certainly, you know, things that had a bigger impact on the season last year than Drew Samia is the point I'm making. So, um, and, and look, Ben Cleveland is the guy that, um, you know, he pass protects really well. And I think he's more of a modern, uh, modern guard, I guess, um, where his strength is past pro. I think that's where the Vikings should be headed, but it doesn't look like they're headed that way at the moment. So, um, you know, I guess I'm okay with Cleveland. Like, I like that pick. It's just like, I don't know, fit-wise, if it is perfect for where the Vikings are, which is run the ball down Cook over and over and, and kind of wear the clock down. If they get back to their defensive uh you know, defense first mantra, I guess, in 2021, which is clearly what Zimmer wants to do. Um, I don't know if Cleveland would be the best fit in that scenario. So for what the Vikings like to do right now, as far as a guy that does fit, um, Kendrick Green is probably the, the guy here yeah. uh, with regard to, you know, a, a guy that's going to focus better in a, you know, run-heavy scheme. I think Kendrick Green gives you flexibility as well. Um, you could play him at center. He could be a developmental center, for example. If, for example, if – for whatever reason, Garrett Bradbury doesn't work out. If he gets hurt, whatever, you have that flexibility and that versatility as well within your offensive line. I also think that Green could potentially start this season. Um, I think there's reason to believe that. Yeah. Uh, now there's concern, you know, guy. Green is not the most uh, athletically fit to be in the zone scheme. Right. So there's the concern there. Um, so, but again, I think with guard um, in, into your lineman, I don't think there's a, it's a huge, I think it's, a roll of the dice, I think, as much as there is with any other position to draft. Um, you just kind of go with one that has the, the the measurables and the 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 fit that you're looking for, and then you kind of you know make it work from there. So, so then Trey Smith is probably your third option here, and probably the the kind of rounds out our best of the three. Uh, Smith is going to give you less versatility. He's going to be a stay-at-home guard. Uh, he's probably not. You're not probably going to want to move him a whole lot. You don't want to play uh, offensive line musical chairs with a guy like this, for example, like the Vikings have been doing for the last mm -hmm. couple of years with a lot of guys. Um, so if you're confident that the Vikings are going to be kind of building a front five that is going to be consistent for the future, uh, but you could just, for example, throw in Trey Smith as a guard position player, he's going to be left guard for the foreseeable future. He's going to be right guard for the foreseeable future. Uh, he's probably the best pick. Uh, in terms of value, in terms of what he offers to you uh, as a resource. Uh, but you, you, I don't know what the Vikings are doing on their offensive line. Yeah, it doesn't true. give I mean, me they, enough flexibility. We, 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 see, we, we see zone scheme, and then we see guys moving all around the place. We see tackles going into guard. Um, now, I will say this. For content purposes, I think it'd be fun to have Ezra and Ben Cleveland on the offensive line. Okay. Uh, so – we can do that for now. Uh, again, I, I don't think any of these three guards that we're talking about, Green, Trey Smith, or Ben Cleveland, are perfect fits for the Vikings. Um, but I think Let's do ben I, Cleveland. I, I like Cleveland just because of his play style the best. So Let's do Cleveland. I like okay. it. I'm we'll go Ben Cleveland that. here at 119. All right, so let's uh, – we're now moving into the latter stages of the draft here. I'm uh, moving into pick 134, so our analysis will suffer. And, of course, we'll probably be moving a little bit faster at this point in time as well. Uh, right. But knowing what we do already, I feel like we've already accomplished quite a bit. Um, you've got the explosive receiver. You've filled positional needs at offensive tackle and offensive guard. Um, and you've also got a good edge prospect that you could feel good about and potentially a cornerback that can slide in and replace Jeff Gladney, assuming that he's no longer with the team next season. So heading in with that all said, I think Drew's already pulled it up here on the board. Safety is probably a position of need and also a spot where the Vikings could just straight up afford to have more depth there. Uh, you'd feel good with Harrison Smith. Of course, you feel better um, bringing in Xavier McKinney. Uh, 
that being said, there's not a whole lot behind those two guys. So I think that this is a good spot to get a player that you can develop, potentially give you some rotational snaps. Um, is there anyone on the board here, Drew, that you like um, a lot? Uh, frankly, not really. I just, I don't know enough about them. So, uh, that would be the first step, uh, here, but, um, you know, uh, for those, you know, listening, right. We still have to kind of explain who, uh, the guys are for the listeners. Um, so Elijah Molden, Washington has fallen to 134 in this completely random, uh, draft. As we noted, we turned the randomness all the way up and probably you're seeing some guys fall that, uh, that certainly won't in the draft, but, Richie Grant is there. Our Darius Washington is there. Tyree Gillespie is there. Um, Damar Hamlin is there. Sean Davis is there from Florida. So those are kind of the key um, safety, you know, options. Probably there's those five or six names that the Vikings would consider here. Um, if you're going to go safety at 134 overall. Um, BJ, are you seeing anything that jumps out in, to you? from these, these names here. So I, I tend to lean Richie Grant here. A couple of reasons why. Uh, first of all, I think that he's really the truest safety on this board that we're seeing here in terms of being able to provide that, uh, that range as a free or being able to come up and make a tackle as, you know, what people like to call, um, you know, a strong safety or whatever it is within the Vikings defense. They're pretty much interchangeable. I've been saying this for what five years now. Uh, I like Richie Grant because he comes from UCF as well. We know that the Vikings draft have drafted players from um, UCF in the past. So we know that they like, we like their, we know that the Vikings like their scheme and what they teach their players. Uh, so from that perspective, I think that Grant is probably the best fit here. Uh, my next question would then be, is there, would you rather go a different route? Uh, like, do you, you know, not like any of the safeties available here so much so that you'd prefer to look at a different position? Um, I mean, I guess we could check it out, right? I mean, I guess we could say Richie Grant, after looking at safety, is a sort of the the, the favorite. But um, any, you know, we can. I mean, we we already looked at quarterbacks. I can glance at it quickly again. But um, didn't see again. Davis Mills is still there, by the way. Um, Shane Bouchelle, Felipe Frank, Sam Ellinger. I know you didn't love any of these guys. Um, we could talk. Maybe bring up tight end. Um, we can. You know, I know. Um, no more Kyle Rudolph. Um, so at tight end, you have, you know, Tommy Tremble, Notre Dame, and then Noah Gray Duke. So not nothing really jumps out at you there to me. Um, we can maybe, I mean, running back, maybe Javante Williams from North Carolina is uh, trending that way uh, to be a really high pick. He's still there. Now, again, I, I we've talked running back in position of value so many times on this show. One thing drafting or running back in the first couple of rounds, another thing to draft one at one thirty four, especially um, one that you know kind of has the hype, or right. I suppose has. Javante Williams has done a lot for his draft status. Let's just keep it at that. In the last yes. few weeks, I mean, he's getting all kinds of press coverage. He looks really good across the board. I like him a lot at one thirty four. I still think you have to lean safety, but uh, yeah, I, I also don't think he's going to be here. Right, and that's also something we're considering if you haven't noticed but some of these picks where we're leaving you know christian barmore on the board and uh, right. mike parsons on the board so um now richie grant and i probably also won't be there uh, for that matter but uh we're gonna let's, let's just go grant here and then we'll kind of get to 143 here on the board mm-hmm. let's do we it. still do have a lot of picks to make actually <laughs> because the vikings are just loaded up and on these uh, on these picks Roddale moore by the way just went off the board uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be how this works out. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Christian 143. Barmore. Christian Barmore is still there on the board. Uh, the number 12 ranked player in PFF still on the board at 143 overall. <laughs> seems, seems seems likely. Um, also, Tevin Jenkins still on the board. But positional needs now. So we kind of, I mean, and I, again, I'm not in love with drafting for need. Um, I think if this have, – gone you know in our draft Jalen Waddle right and Rashawn Slater kind of gone after some two studs that have fallen to the lap which whether it's realistic or not that's what we're doing for this um just kind of addressed needs wise sort of the positions that the Vikings need to get after so what do you think I mean we're kind of at that point now late in the draft we're later in the draft I should say where um you know things can kind of you know now you can kind of take some chances maybe I would take a quarterback here First of all, I know that Pro Football Focus loves it. 
for when they're grading our draft after <laughs> True. this. They True. do love that we draft a quarterback. Uh, I don't like Davis Mills. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a stud quarterback, but I do like him more than Sean Mannion. Uh, that would work for me, taking Davis Mills here right. uh, at 143. Also, he's fallen quite a bit due to one reason or another. Uh, this is good value. I, I like Davis okay. Mills here. All right. Yeah, we'll get that that draft grade bumped way up here from PFF. Love that. We have four picks remaining here. Uh, we're moving into kind of a bit of a speed round here. This is taking longer than I thought it would, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I guess we are it pick is. 157. It's coming up next year for the Vikes. All right. Anything Christian that, Barmore is still there. If you have the a way. trade or a team interested in trading the Raiders, you want to grab some value for next year? <laughs> we, I think that makes sense. I'm okay, okay. with that. All right. All right. So we'll give them 157. And I guess in 2022, we can get, you know, get cup like a fit, a fifth and maybe a sixth in 2023 or something like that. Yeah. Why not? Let's go like this and let's go like that. And we'll see what uh, we can get here from the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, geez. Let's go like this. You could try moving that round five pick back to the, their second round five pick, um, offering a 157 for a five and a six right now. Uh, doesn't seem like Las Vegas is as interested as they uh, are. Uh, how interested is Las Vegas? All right. We oh, there we trade. go. Okay, we got to trade. <laughs> All right. So but this is a very classic Rick Spielman move, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like Rick Spielman would do this. So for those listening, the Vikings traded away the 157th overall pick to Las Vegas, received – a fifth rounder in 2022 and a seventh rounder in 2023. So um, building for right. the future. Yeah, that, that's classic Rick Spielman. Make sure you get stock up on your, uh, your late picks and future drafts while drafting the current draft. Mm-hmm. All right. 168 <laughs> overall is where we're at. Christian Barmore is still there on the board. Um, but what do we think here? Are we just going to, is there any positions that you're that you're just harping to get at here? Not really. I mean, I, you know, the Vikings have a lot of work to do, but they don't have a lot of holes. Like it's just the fact that their hole, like the holes that they do have, suck a lot, and there is a big problem there. I think that you have to draft more offensive linemen. So my inclination here would be to draft another off interior guy or another tackle, assuming. Uh, I'm going to ignore yeah. that Tevin Jenkins is here as we've done in the past here, just for those watching, we're not, we would have drafted Tevin Jenkins long ago, uh, but uh, it doesn't really, he's not going to be there at 168. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to let that one go. Is there anyone on the board here? Uh, Trey Smith, who we already discussed is still there. Deontay Brown, still there. Brendan James out of Nebraska, Drew Dahlman. Uh, we got Josh Myers, a center. We haven't touched the center position, and we're not all that comfortable with Garrett Bradbury. So maybe we've seen the Vikings also draft guys out of Ohio State. I'm not saying Pat Elfline worked out super well, but they have done this in the past. Yeah. Uh, anyone that you're leaning towards. Yeah, you know let's just let's just roll with Josh Myers. Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ohio State. You know what? Another push for Bradbury there. Let's go with that. Perfect. I like I like the pick. Uh you know, an interior defensive lineman, a guy that, or excuse me, an offensive lineman, he's a potential starting center, uh, especially in the scheme fit, heavy rushing offense is what I'm seeing on the internet. I don't know a whole lot about this guy, but I can pass you along what Google says, and it says that he's <laughs> great uh, for rush, run heavy offenses. So I like that pick here. Uh, what are we in the fifth round, sixth round? That's a good value pick for what the Vikings are looking to mm-hmm. accomplish here with these late picks. So we got... Oh, Sam Ellinger just went off the board. So we are approaching 199. That's the magic time Brady number, uh, by the way, uh, in this draft. We draft a quarterback here then? I think you kind of have to, right? Um, Okay. We're at 199. (laughs) At this point, we're just laughing every time because we still see these guys, Elijah Moore, Christian Barmore, Tevin Jenkins still on the board. Um, Lesson learned next time we do this, probably to not quite put randomness at the very, very uh, maximum level. but learn from us. Learn from us. Yeah, you when you guys <laughs> when you guys do your PFF mocks, this is what the highest randomness level can do. This is what it will produce. Um, all right, I'm gonna just find an edge mm-hmm. and add an edge to the, the repertoire here for the Vikings. Um, Edges also tend to be very good special team players as well, yeah. uh, especially the, the more of the linebacker variety here. 
uh, is there anyone that jumps out at you? Not really. Uh, Patrick Johnson being the teammate of Sample is kind of cool. I mean, I don't know if that's a, a possibility uh, where the, the he'll actually fall this far, but I, I, I think just for fun, we can do that. <laughs> Patrick Johnson, for, the, for reference here from the draft network, to give you kind of a second um, opinion, they're saying 3-4 base. Uh, they're also saying – uh, that he's a top 120 prospect. So it seems a little bit unlikely. Also doesn't seem like a great fit. Uh, True. Other options here. Uh, Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State. We just picked, uh, you know, his team. Myers. Not Myers, the guy that he played against uh, on the other side of the football. Uh, I don't know if I like him for what the Vikings like to do either. Um, in terms of these options available here, I'm seeing more three, four linebackers uh, than four, three defensive ends. Uh, Jordan Smith from UAB is interesting. I, I like it. I like him honestly, just cause he's from UAB and that was a football program that was, you know, gone <laughs> when I yeah, was in college. Right. <laughs> uh, he's also a three, four guy as well. Um, so I'm not really seeing anyone here that fits with what the Vikings yeah. like to do. I mean, that's, that'll happen this late in the draft. You know, um, we're going to pick, we're probably going to pick a guy that the Vikings aren't going to pick, but, um, you know, Let's go Jonathan Cooper then. If, right. we're, if we're going to pick a guy that kind of falls outside of the standard, uh, let's at least pick a guy that may, meets, you know, one of those schools that the Vikings like to take players from. And I also, I do think that, for example, you're getting great value here. He's going to be off the board well before this pick, I assume. Um, and you're also getting a guy that likely is a great special teamer. So mm-hmm. win, win, even if it's not the perfect fit uh, for the Vikings. Right. All right. We are trudging along here prior to the Vikings last pick of the draft. At 223 overall. And Christian Barmore still on the board. Um, so he got right. caught doing something bad. Yeah, well, so did a lot of these other guys. <laughs> Quite a crazy sequence of events happened up before the, the draft here. Mm-hmm. Um, just for fun, let's draft a running back. Javante the last pick. I mean, we still there. Yeah, but um, I mean, based on. I mean, do you, any of these names jump out at UBG? Otherwise, we're just going to draft one. Well, I kind of want to draft Jake Funk because his name's Jake Funk. <laughs> I like it. All right. <laughs> no, I'm uh, doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right. We're locking that in. Jake Funk. Jake Funk. <laughs> <laughs> that for sure seems like a randomly generated name on, uh, on Madden. Okay. You yep. randomly generate the draft classes. Mm-hmm. That's one. All right. So it's, it seems like we have our, our class here. Um, you know, some of the randomness, uh, you know, we probably could have done a little bit better relative <laughs> given what we are given. I mean, here's oh, we the deal. We, we, could have, we could have hit, we could have had about what we could have had 10 prospects in the, that are ranked in the top 60 if we wanted to in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't because we wanted to provide some sort of uh, real, realisticness, real realism, reality, reality, reality to real. the, okay. Real. So we have realness. our grade now. Um, which is we got a lot of A's because of this value that we were able to get. But, um, okay, we got a B on the trade for uh, where we traded back twice or two spots. Uh, I liked that trade. I felt really good about that. It was good. I mean, and, you know, you throw in it kind of throwing in that, you know, 125 overall to go up to 49 and teams desperate enough in the first round, usually it's for a quarterback, we'll do that. Jalen Waddle, Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr. Again, these are guys that, fell a little further than they probably will, but we had to take the talent that's there. Cameron Sample, uh, I think, is one that a lot of Vikings fans are looking forward to as an option right at about 90, I think, um, as an edge option if mm-hmm. the Vikings don't go after edge earlier in the draft. Um, ben Cleveland, another guy I think that a lot of Vikings fans are high on. Um, interesting. I'm surprised they they changed their grading algorithm here, and they have Davis Mills as a C-plus on PFF. Well, that's garbage. Um, but then, so the, so we've talked about Waddle was the first pick that or 16th overall Slater, 49th overall Asante Samuel Jr. 78 Cameron sample 90th, Ben Cleveland, 119, Richie Grant, 134 Davis Mills, 143 Josh Myers, a center from Ohio state, 168 Jonathan Cooper, 199. And then Jake Funk at uh, Jake Funk with C plus. Um, we also <laughs> brought in a couple of new picks for next year. Uh, with our yeah. seven overall, we got a B minus for that. That seems like an A plus for me if Rick Spielman's grading this. So yes, true. Um, 
overall, how do you feel like we did? What's your favorite pick? What do you think we didn't accomplish? I know you already mentioned uh, you weren't thrilled about drafting an edge all the way at number 90. You would have yeah. liked to have seen us do that before. Uh, is that I mean, the biggest flaw I would have here liked it, but also I think the way things fell for us in this particular scenario, I think we kind of had to ignore it just because of the fact that you had Waddle, you had Slater fall. Mm-hmm. You had Asante Samuel fall a little farther than he probably will at corner. So you had to, you kind of had to grab those guys based on what the Vikings, you know, the, also the way that they would fit into the Vikings plans. And I'm still big on receiver. I still love Waddle there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, you know, I think the Vikings are just kind of filling in positional needs um, after that, which is definitely okay with me. So um, I like it overall. I do like getting a quarterback as well. Somebody to compete in camp with Nate Stanley and company there. So, um, I mean, obviously PFF gave us an A minus here. So we did. Okay. Um, I like, again, just, I, I, we said this enough already, but I'll repeat it one more time. Uh, There's a little bit of a lack of realism here. Uh, and there yeah. are some guys that fell further than they probably will. But uh, in terms of addressing needs with uh, val- and getting value with your selections, uh, which is really what we aimed to set out to do, we didn't, we weren't headhunting any specific players. Uh, there wasn't, you know, a specific position that we felt like we needed to address. Uh, we went in here and we did best player available. Um, and I think that in doing so, we also drafted guys that will help boost this team immediately. Uh, you think of Waddle, for example, you know, you don't necessarily need a receiver, uh, but you've got three of them now. You've but you're prepared for the scenario where there is an injury and suddenly you're relying on, you know, Chad Beebe to be your number two receiver, right? right? Like that, that is the scenario that I am trying my hardest to avoid here um, You also as, would... as the Vikings. So, and then you, again, the, all three of these guys, now you have to get Thielen, Jefferson, Waddle. That's three studs that can really elevate your offense and kind of, cover up some of the the holes that are at offensive line right right and we were lucky enough to get Slater as well I mean you can replace him with a number of different tackles uh just because I don't think it's realistic that he'll be there at 49 but addressing the tackle spot there in the draft in that mid-second round makes a lot of sense for the Vikings you've seen him do it in the past uh, it also addresses a major major need uh, with a you know high-end prospect a guy with high potential uh, so I like what we did there grabbing Asante Samuel one of these cornerbacks is going to drop I don't know who it's going to be. It might not be. It's not the Samuel Jr., uh, but one of them is going to drop. And when you have an opportunity to replace Jeff Gladney, um, I'm ready to replace Jeff Gladney based off the news that I've heard about him. So I think this makes a hell of a lot of sense for what the, the allegations guy. are not great. That's exactly. for sure. So I, I, I'm here for this. I think that getting a great value corner at 78 makes a lot of sense for the Viking situation. Uh, and just rounding it out here with Sample and Cleveland, you address another need at the guard spot and you get a flexible, versatile uh, defensive end, edge rusher type player in Sample uh, to mix in with your, your young developing pieces as well as De- Daniil Hunter. And I think that really with those five picks, You've accomplished just about everything you need to accomplish, and everything else is just gravy. Getting Richie Grant in there, again, I don't think he's going to fall as far as he did, but getting Richie Grant, that's a nice pick as well, uh, giving, giving you good competition at that safety spot. Uh, also a guy that can give you snaps immediately. Uh, so overall, I think we did a good job here. Not to say that this was super difficult at a lot of different points, uh, but I think relative to you know the now, I wonder how PFF grades us that with knowing like Christian Barmore is still on the board. You know, like we, we, we passed him several times. So that's part of it. But um, we tried to add in some realism at the end um, as things kind of got wonky with the randomness. But overall, this is kind of what BJ and I are thinking. Uh, you know, if there's a stud that falls, one of those top tier offensive players, perhaps at quarterback or receiver falls, Vikings should take an opportunity to go get that player. And then kind of from there. All right. Well, it looks like Drew may have cut off here. Uh that's okay uh, because it, you know, we're about rounding out the end of the show here. So uh, I will say thanks for joining us as always. Uh, we apologize. looks like we're having some technical difficulties here, uh, but you can of course find the show on, uh, you know, YouTube for watch uh, for watching purposes. If you want to see what we just uh, put together here on screen, uh, as far as where else you could find us, uh, you know, the usual places, iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. And then make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket team. Uh, 
they've been going to be producing a ton of draft content that's a lot more complex in nature than what we're doing here today. Uh, so make sure to check out what they're doing as well. But as far as, you know, our draft coverage here, uh, we're happy to round it out here with a pretty solid mock draft. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to our show. And uh, we will catch you guys after the draft. Keeping in mind, like I said at the top of the show, we won't be back here for next week. Uh, but we'll see you after the draft to break down what the Vikings have. So thanks as always for listening. And we will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Oh.